The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we are so privileged to have a special guest, Dr. Fabrizio Mancini. And Dr. Fab, as he is known by his loving clients and friends, he is an internationally acclaimed educator. He's the president emeritus of Parker University in Texas. He's an expert in self-healing. He has authored many, many books, including uh, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Chiropractic Soul, The Well-Adjusted Soul, most recently his bestseller, The Power of Self-Healing, Unlock Your Natural Healing Potential in 21 Days. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fabrizio Mangini. Thank you, Cheryl. So excited to be here with you. It is so wonderful. Now, we have been attempting to make this happen for a long while, and I just thought it was hysterical. The last time we actually had the date, and we were on the line, and the first thing that happened was that the fire alarm started going off in our building, and they were not going to stop. So we... <laughs> that was a couple of months ago, and I thought, well, you know what? You know, rather than getting stressed out about it, let's just go with it, and we will reschedule. <laughs> you know what I find is interesting because in life we say that we have no control over the circumstances that present themselves in our lives, but we have all the control in the world to respond to them appropriately. And I find, like we said earlier, this couple of uh, weeks that we had in between has probably given us more opportunity to get to know each other better and to most importantly understand, you know, what is it that we want to share that has tremendous value for everyone that's listening out there. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. So where are you today? Actually, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I live here in Dallas, Texas, and I'm here this week. And then next week I'll be in Puerto Rico for the first part of the week and then Rancho Mirage in California for the second part of the week. So I'm excited to be at my own home in my study uh, having this great conversation with you. Oh, that's nice. I know you love being home with your family. And you are a very busy man. Uh, You travel (laughs) the world. You have your own radio show on Hay House Radio. You are... You write books, you have newsletters, you do workshops, you have webinars. You are so busy. I'm amazed that you have time to actually be at home and relax. Well, you know, I learned early on in my career by watching others that it's all a matter of how you put your priorities of your values. And in my priority of values, my first priority has always been my faith, my second one, my family, and my third, my purpose. And as long as you schedule those priority of values every single day, 
then you realize that you won't get out of balance. And I must be honest with you, there has been times in which I felt like my purpose has taken the best part of me. And I think that most of us that have been out there trying to transform the world to a better world, trying to give tools and help individuals that are struggling, uh, we feel this sense of compassion and this sense of urgency that sometimes takes the best part of us. But I find that it's easily get it back into track as long as you make sure that in your schedule, you're scheduling your priorities every single day. Mm. So tell us about the faith part of your values. You know, some people would um, take issue with you putting anything before family. But talk about why this is important. Well, uh, I've learned in my journey, and, and it's really an evolution, as you know. All of us start in one place, and all of us continue to evolve to a different place. So I live by a principle that says that every experience in our life is only a preparation for the next one. So whether you're going through a positive or negative experience, just know that it's just there to prepare you for something better or something stronger that you're going to be faced with in the future. So when it comes to faith, I grew up with uh, parents that were Catholic, uh, and uh, I grew up in a family that, you know, we didn't go to church every Sunday, but my parents always celebrated God. You know, we always had a lot of appreciation for, for something greater than ourselves. And as I started my journey, especially my professional journey as a doctor and then an educator, and now, you know, a media personality and somebody that lectures a lot and, and is out there quite a bit, uh, I've learned that for me, spirituality is really understanding that there is a higher power that has a, a, a most amazing ability to, to be my greatest support system when I need it. But the higher power also is where I can tap into to find what is the cause greater than myself. Because I find in my life that unless my purpose is bigger than me, there's no way that I'm really truly fulfilling my purpose in life. If my purpose in life is just to make X amount of money or just to buy that beautiful house that I saw on a magazine one day or just to buy that car, you know, guys are really into cars. And if you just pick up that automotive magazine in the rack and you just say, man, I want that shiny, beautiful car. Or if you just want, you know, a private plane because you feel like, oh, I'm tired of commercial flight, that's what I want. I find that those things are just things. And once we get them, they don't give us the fulfillment that we always think they're going to give us. The only thing that I have found that has given me greater fulfillment in life is to have a purpose of service that's bigger than myself. And I find that through my spirituality, and of course I pray, I do meditation, I walk with nature, like I always recommend people, like even if you don't have any spirituality as far as religion, go ahead and connect with nature. You know, spend time watching a sunset, spend time climbing a mountain, spend time swimming in an ocean. Make sure that you are connected with nature, and that will remind you that there's a much bigger universe, a bigger universe out there. We call it universal intelligence in science, and, and that universal intelligence really is there to be your greatest support system if you choose to tap into it. Mm. You know, I, I so resonate with what you're saying, and the piece about connecting yourself to nature is so 
important. And what I find with my clients that I, I do executive coaching with CEOs and senior leaders, and what I find with them when I ask them, how do you relax? You know, where do you take time for yourself? Almost every single one of them says, I go into nature somewhere. And that could be for an hour, it could be for a weekend, it could be for a week, you know, but they all say this. And what I find interesting is that somewhere in each of us as human beings on this planet, we know the importance of connecting to nature. And yet we spend so much of our time looking in the opposite direction, doing things that are not connected to nature. And this is, you know, I I believe this is part of why um, we have a lot of illness, a lot of disease, a lot of discomfort in the body, you know, that is holding our spirit. And so, you know, that gives a lot of opportunity to, you know, kind of deal with oneself deal with one's emotions. Now, the work that you do in self-healing, you know, takes into account not only a disease or an illness of the body, but the whole being. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, I've been in this world for the last 25 years, and what I discovered, because I started in pre-medicine as a traditional medicine uh, purpose or process, And then I was involved in a car accident as I was finishing my pre-med that led me into an orthopedic surgeon friend of mine referring me to his chiropractor. And I'd never been to a chiropractor or never been introduced to natural healing before then. And that changed my world. Not only was I feeling better physically, but I was actually more connected and more stable emotionally and even deeper connection spiritually. And then I started learning more about it, researching more about it, decided not to go to medical school, went to chiropractic school, and in chiropractic school, I learned about acupuncture, and I became a certified acupuncturist. I learned about nutrition. I learned about um, meditation. I learned about many different techniques out there uh, that we unfortunately do not take advantage of enough as far as maintaining our health in life. And then uh, after exploring in that world, I kept going deeper into my own, wanting to learn for myself, and then Uh I began to realize that I was just my best experiment because then whatever I learned, I was able to share with many others. Uh, But my message is very simple, and that is that our bodies have a greater capability of healing that we give it credit to. And it's the most amazing resource that we have, but unfortunately, just like sometimes, you know, we don't treat our apartments well, because we don't treat our, and then we go ahead and change them. Or we don't go ahead and treat our cars well, and we go ahead and trade them in. Or we don't treat our relationships well, and we go ahead and trade them in. But then the one thing that I realize is that our bodies are the only thing we can trade in. And our bodies are the one things that we should be nurturing and taking care of the best, because, you know, we're actually, science has told us today that we're expected to live up to over 120 years old, that that's what our genetic makeup is. And we're seeing that the baby boomers are living longer and longer, and, of course, they're getting into a place in their life that the quality of life is not what they thought it was going to be in their 70s or 80s because they weren't even expected to be here. And now they're finding themselves, what do I do with myself? And, you know, 
Stephen Covey taught us a great lesson in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that says, begin with the end in mind. So as a CEO, and, you know, I was a CEO for 14 years, and as a CEO, you know, the first thing is you've got to begin with your lifestyle in mind. And most of us as a CEO take the responsibilities of the business that we're driving, and especially if it's our own business, and we put 90% of our energy there, therefore breaking down not only our physical body and ending up sick or with a heart attack or a stroke or later on with dementia, but we also break down our relationships. I can tell you one thing that I am just unfortunate to see so much in the world of CEOs is how many relationships are suffering. And, and maybe some of them continue to be married, but that fire is gone. That sense of wanting to wake up in the morning, looking at each other's eyes, where did that go? And it's because it wasn't there. Or then the guilt feeling about being gone so much when your children were little that then you try to pay off and pay them to love you, and then buying them everything they want and giving them everything they want when they for, you forgot the most important lesson, that earning something is li- in life is far more fulfilling than having somebody give it to you. So what about the lessons of teaching them to earn it? So that's where I began to recognize that I had to develop this balance, and once I developed that balance, then how do I share that with the world so that way they can grow and live to be as fulfilled as they want to be fulfilled, but have, more importantly, have the quality of life that they are deserving of having? Well, you know, I know you have kids, and how do they handle your being away so much? Well, it's interesting because the first rule is to always invite your family and significant others to everything you do. So ever since, you know, I started in this journey 25 years ago, when my wife, it was just me and her, uh, she traveled with me everywhere. So we made it into something that we both enjoyed. As the kids started coming, she left her career, and she decided to be a stay-at-home mom, so the kids will have that balance. But then she started traveling with me the first eight or ten years of the kids' life. And then they got a little bit bigger, then it became about their activities. It's about their soccer, their tennis, their uh, sure. plays, you know, their camps, their summer camps, their friends' uh, trips, and our, about our vacations as a family. So then I would always invite them, and then sometimes I would, it would just be one of my kids, or it would be my wife and one of my kids, or it would be my, myself. And that's the way we've done it. But one thing that I've learned is important with children. Children will always respond better to quality of time rather than quantity of time. And the other thing that I learned, so it's important that you spend quality of time when they're with you rather than just being at home but being disconnected because your mind is in everything else you're doing. And the second thing I've learned, which is a great tip, is that no matter what I'm doing, if I'm having a meeting, if I'm lecturing, lecturing is a little bit more tough, but if I'm traveling, if I'm doing anything, when my family calls, you will see that I will always pick up the phone. Yeah. And my kids are so great because they would always ask the question, and this I learned by modeling, Dad, is this a good time? And I'll yeah. always say, it's a great time. And then they never keep me on the phone more than a minute or two because they know that I'm usually traveling. But it's always important to know that you are there when they need you because a child would only be distanced from you when they feel that you're not there for them when they need you the most. And sometimes it's just a matter that they want to ask you a question or just get your perspective on a difficult challenge that they're facing. Mm. You know, I, that's lovely. I, it occurs to me that um, I never thought about that very much, but growing up, that was what my father practiced. He was 
the breadwinner in the family and um, did some traveling and but whether he was in town or out of town the rule was and his whole office knew it that if anybody from the family called he was to be pulled out of a meeting to take the call no matter what and uh you know it's really interesting because all of us have also taken that on um just because as you said through modeling right you know we we yeah. just we believe that's just what it, you do. You just do that. And, um, you know, I, I've always appreciated that but not thought about how vitally important it really was to our mental health, our emotional health, you know, our sense of safety as kids. It makes a lot of sense. Well, and also, I've got to be honest with you, Cheryl, when, when I'm with somebody, and it doesn't matter who they are, another CEO, a, a, a senator, a congressperson, a leader, a transformational person, they honor that so much, and then they realize, I should be doing that with my own yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. And it's, to me, it's so beautiful because I see immediately that they get it. That, you know, one time I got to be, you know, I, I, I was really busy, and I was serving on 10 different boards, if you can imagine that, at one point in my life, 1994, Ten different boards, and I happened to find myself on one of the school boards here in my hometown, and uh, it was called the Irving School Foundation, and what we did is that we raised money for uh, initiatives that the teachers wanted to do for their uh, students, but that the school district could not afford. So they would come to us with those proposals, and then we would raise the money for them. And um, I remember sitting one time, and we were discussing how one of the biggest challenges in our schools was the lack of integrity of a family, how the parents were having to work two jobs just to make men's meet, how the mom and the dad, 50% of the classes were divorced, so the kids were being shifted from one to the other. Many times those relationships were not very healthy uh, and balanced. Therefore, the kids have to feel like they had to choose. Uh, and then we were talking about gang members and, and the influence that they were having in our kids. And then I find myself just standing up in the room and just saying, isn't it amazing that we just spent the last three hours here trying to save everybody else's kids, but we're not taking the time to be with our families tonight, and here we are. And it just, I just got it that night. So I wrote a letter the next day to all of the ten boards, and I said I need to take a little sabbatical just because I need to spend more time. And that's when I found that I was out of balance. And, and, and it's just you have to be paying attention because sometimes it's so easy to want to save the world rather than saving your own family and your own self and then prevent those issues from being your issues in the future. I love that. So we have a whole lot more to talk about around self-healing with Dr. Fabrizio Mancini when we come right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paul LaJoy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Dr. Fabrizio Mancini. Okay, Fabrizio, so let's talk about this self-healing stuff, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I kind of joke about it, but the, the reason I, I put it out that way is there is so much that is said about the concept of self-healing, and there is so much that... Um, so many people who attempt to make people believe that, oh, self-healing, all that is, is you just decide. You just decide, and if you believe it, then it's done. And I get a sense from you that that's, it's a, not as simple as that. And, you know, I'd like you to share with us, you know, what are the components? You know, what, what makes up the whole process of self-healing? Well, right now we're living in unprecedented times, and the problem that we find in society today is that our healthcare systems are broken, uh, and they're broken primarily because financially we cannot continue to con- to, pa- to continue this path of, in the way that we're going. Patients can afford healthcare. I don't know if you know. Uh, two years ago, Harvard University did a study that showed that over 50% of individuals' personal bankruptcies were caused because of health issues. That means 50% of the people that went bankrupt got, went bankrupt because of a health issue. That's just unheard of. And then we're looking at that we're, the average uh, American is spending an average of over $6,000 a year on health care. And depending on what your income is, you know, that, that's on individuals. That can get a little bit out of hand. And then we're finding that corporations are having the biggest challenge trying to manage all of the healthcare costs. I mean, we were privately self-insured. So every year I was always dreading that they were going to just raise my insurance another 15%. Because when you have 300 employees, that's a lot of money. And, and I was always thinking, okay, there's got to be a more solution. So 
I was invited to in Australia. They have asked me to give a talk about solutions to the healthcare system. They're going through the same issues as we are. They're trying to find a way to be able to set their healthcare system to be more effective. And what came to me at that point and uh, was very enlightening to me. And as I started my presentation, I said to the crowd, there could never be a true healthcare system until there is a self-care system. That means that the challenges today in our healthcare system, where the expenses are, are primarily what we call chronic illnesses. This is yes. your diabetes, your strokes, your heart disease, your, de- your brain uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, your cancers, etc. And one thing that we're learning about these diseases is that the cause of them, not the symptoms of it, but the cause of them is our lifestyle choices. That means what we eat, how much we move our bodies, what is our mindset, etc. So that is part of the cause. So then I started saying to myself, okay, but if people are being conditioned right now or we have conditioned them over the past that, okay, one of our incentives for you to work with us, we're going to give you great health benefits. Now, very few people can offer that anymore, but in those early days in the 80s or et cetera, that was really the talk of the town. If you want to retain employees, give them great health right. benefits because right. they'll, they'll, they'll stay with you. Well, guess what? The problem with that incentive was that people were still making poor choices in their lifestyle and then getting to the point that they say, well, go ahead. If, you, if, if I got high, high cholesterol and I'm going to end up with a heart attack, go, go do that quadruple bypass. My company will pay yeah, for it. Right, or go right. ahead and take that surgery. And, you know, in fact, I know that I'm very young, but go ahead and replace my knees, you know, because if the arthritis is bad, I just don't want to have any pain. And we started really giving our power away to mm. third parties as an individual. So then what I said to myself, I think what people need to know is first of all, they need to understand how their bodies function. They need to understand that our bodies were created to heal themselves from the inside out. We have systems of the body like the immune system that is uh, it's like an army of cells that are ready to fight a, a bacteria or a virus that is invading our body and has a whole process of how to do that. Now, the body is designed to do all of this on a short term. And the, le- the reason why chronic illnesses are so costly and the reason that it doesn't, is not as effective with some of the other things such as medication and surgery is because these are long-term processes. And our bodies are not designed to deal on a long-term basis. Like, I'll give you a perfect example, stress, right? So stress is one of the biggest culprits for our illnesses today. We have plenty of data that shows that. But the thing with stress is that stress over a short period of time is a very healthy thing. You know, you hurt yourself, right? You, you fell down, you hurt your back, the body rushes off inflammation, and it, it repairs the tissue, and then the blood goes out of that area. And it's like, think of it as constru- construction workers, right? You get a whole crew of people, they rush into that area, they work for a couple of days, and then they go to the next, next job. Well, that's happening in our bodies all the time. So it's like sitting on a treadmill, right? I mean, standing on a treadmill, and you're running on a treadmill, but the treadmill never stops. Right. That's what we call chronic stress. And chronic right. stress, it means that the inflammation is there for too long, then that inflammation will break down the tissue and will create an illness in your body. And then the body won't have the resources to be able to heal itself, and therefore you end up with a chronic illnesses. But what helps 
you heal from a chronic illness is changing your behavior. So my message with this book was really to share very practical things over 25 years of research of how your body heals physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then I created a 21-day program that everyone can apply every single day and learn what to do on a physical level, an emotional level, and on a spiritual level, and then be able to create what I call a habit for life because most of the studies show that it takes about 21 days to heal, to create a habit. And, and so, you know, I, I mean, I think that people who face life, certainly life-threatening illnesses um, are more willing to look at changing behaviors, more willing to look at changing their nutrition, their exercise, their um, other habits that either support or don't support their health. And and yet, you know, it seems like the rest of the time, I liken it to um, a little bit of, of the roulette wheel, right, on the, on the gambling table. Um, it is a gamble. People are willing to gamble with their lives. And you know, I wonder, do you think that there will be a point where it is actually the ratio is flipped that people, um, more people will be simply developing self-care habits um, than waiting until something serious occurs? Well, I think that the economics are driving that because, you know, even though we call our healthcare system healthcare, it's really a sick care system. It's sick we don't care. Really I agree. We don't intervene as a healthcare provider until already there's a symptom. And I often talk about pain as being the alarm system of the body. By the time you have a symptom, it's the body telling you, hey, I've tried everything in my power, but unless you stop that behavior, I'm not going to be able to help you any further. And then it gives you a symptom to say, hey, come on, you got to pay attention to this. So I often explain it as if you have an alarm, uh, an alarm, a fire alarm in your house. When that alarm sounds, right, that is right. only indicating that there's possible smoke where there may be possible fire behind the smoke. So if you are annoyed by that sound, you can put a tape on the speaker and then pretty much uh, diffuse that sound or stop that sound by 80 or 90%. And then, but you still doesn't mean that it did anything with the smoke or even the potential right. fire. But then right. you even get more frustrated and you either pull it out of the wall or take the battery out so you don't hear that noise. And now you are completely disabled of having any warning system that the smoke is getting bigger or the fire is just going to take mm-hmm. the down. We tend to do that in our bodies. And I do think that, you know, the latest statistics uh, have shown that three out of five Americans are uh, seeing an alternative or complementary practitioner. That means chiropractic, massage therapy, uh, acupuncture, etc. And I think the reason for that is because people are finding out that perhaps preventing an illness is more cost-effective than waiting until the illness shows up. Right. And by that time, you're trying to just manage it. And I think that we have plenty of data that's coming out more and more every day because I just heard the Surgeon General in the United States. She's a really dear lady, and I had a chance to get to know her. Her name is Dr. Regina Benjamin. And her whole message was that she's wanting to move this country towards more prevention and a more engagement um, process by the patients themselves. That means they got to take some responsibility in this journey rather than waiting until 
they keep doing the wrong behaviors and expecting a third party to pay for it. Right, right. And so, you know, you say the economics are driving this. When I think about um, the large multinational corporations, which are um, primarily the the big um, corporations that provide the most health care insurance around the world, um, and yet a lot of the products that those multinational corporations produce actually do not support good health. Right. And so on one hand, you've got this large entity that's complaining about the cost of health care and that their employees don't do the right thing. On the, other thing uh, on the other hand, you've got this organization that is actually not practicing what it preaches because yeah. it's producing products that are harmful to people. Okay. So but, but how, to what this. do you do there? Okay, okay. so listen to, so to me, let's, I mean, I, I like to look at everything from the perspective of getting on their, on their um, like, for instance, they say, you may think you know somebody until you actually walked in their shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's put ourselves as the insurance companies today. Yep. The insurance companies, you know, in the 80s, you know, they have one model, and then we had the managed care model coming to the 90s, and now they're trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves with the next model because what we're doing right. is not working. But right. how do you justify... How do you justify high premiums? You justify them by the sense of saying, I cannot afford if I end up in a hospital, right? Right. So the healthcare costs have gotten so high that people have rationalized that in order for me to maintain a good insurance, I must pay high premiums. So for me, if I'm the insurance company, why would I want to prevent health and, and uh, why would I want to pre- uh, prevent disease or, 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 or whatever if it's my right. business model to get as many people insured as possible? Right. Right? Because, oh, we yeah. had, you know, we have a lot of people that can't afford health insurance anymore, but they can't afford not to have it either. Right. So then we came up with this called health and savings account. So the health and savings account is where a corporation will give you up to $5,000 right in credit, and you have a high deductible which is usually $5,000. It could be up to seven or 10000 And then you pay the first 5000 So they're going to say to you, hey, listen, we're going to give you this credit or you're going to have this, but we're going to reduce your expense. And you're going to make better choices with this first 5000 because that's coming out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is when, so this is all statistics that have been shown. What has been shown is that when people are spending their first $5,000 out of their own, they tend to be very conservative in their health care. So they don't tend to do things that are maybe too aggressive or not necessarily right. necessarily in early on. Right. I've always I've always uh, felt that there's value in every healthcare discipline out there, but I've always been a proponent of be as conservative as you can initially. If that doesn't work, then go a little bit more aggressive. If that doesn't work, then go even more aggressive. So I've always proponed natural healing first, then you introduce drugs or medications, and then as a last resort you introduce a surgery. But if you come to me and you say, okay, Fab, I'm having back pain, and, but really what I did is I went to a surgeon as my second opinion, and my surgeon said that, oh, I need a surgery and I can definitely help you with my surgery. Well, the reality of it is that what if we could have prevented that surgery? We know yeah. that back pain surgeries have very little effectiveness long-term. We right. know it's one of the biggest reasons for disabilities in the world. You know, we know that it's not, I mean, even the, the guidelines of the United States have said, please try everything, but 
surgery initially. I mean, chiropractic, by the consumer reports, chiropractic actually was the number one most effective technique to, re- to release your back pain of any others out there, uh, which was great because a lot of people come to us because of back pain, but for us, it's not about the back pain. It's about helping the individuals understand how to tap into that body and the strength of that body and the nervous system of that body so the brain can function the way it's meant to and be able to give you what it needs to respond to the stressors in our life. That is a lot. That's a lot. You know, I mean, if you look at how people live lives today around the world, not just in the U.S., but around the world, um, not just in the Western part of the world, but Eastern part of the world, and, and even in the Eastern part of the world where, you know, the practices of healing and care are very different. It's changing, and it's moving a lot toward Western-style medicine and what's called health care. You and I agree it's really sick care. And, and, and so, you know, it seems like on one hand we're getting more knowledgeable. On the other hand, you know, um, traditional, uh, not traditional, um, medicine practices are actually becoming more common in some of the areas of the world where they weren't before. So, you know, as, as you do this work and you touch more and more lives and you see how it works, what is the, um, what do you believe is going to happen? You know, where is that tipping point going to be for us? I mean, I know yeah. it, yeah, one-on-one, it's an individual thing. People can get it one-to-one. And as you know, we know it often happens when somebody is in a crisis. But are we going to have a tipping point? where it becomes more of the way of the world, that we live in health. You know, as I've looked at other parts of the world that have been around a lot long, young, uh, longer than us, I noticed that as the United States, you know, we tend to be a very young, wealthy, kind of cocky, you know, very high attitude yeah. Yeah. sometimes, and we don't listen to the people, the wiser people, I call them, that have been around a lot longer than us, right? Mm. And it, it sounds like our children, as they're growing up, especially if they've grown up with a lot, because they feel like they know best rather than just right. listening to what it took to get there in the first place. I find that places like China or India, which has such high populations, have learned that natural, holistic medicine has always been the first approach. And, in fact, in China, you don't get paid unless you can show that your patient gets well. So the more money you make mm. is by showing what how the patient is effective. So even though I've seen that, and I worked a lot in the last seven years in Mexico in helping them integrate holistic medicine into their hospitals, because Mexico, 95% of the cost of the healthcare is paid by the government, 95%. And they were saying, I can't continue to afford this, you know? So we, we started replacing medical doctors with acupuncturists, with chiropractors, with naturopaths, and we began to see reduction in cost and high uh, the other thing that they were looking for is a higher satisfaction rate by the patients. And we began to see in every hospital that we did this pilot, you know, we had seven hospitals initially, we began to see that in every single one. And now the new Secretary of Health is trying to integrate that in every hospital in the country so they're funding more universities and degree programs to bring and educate more people. Like in Mexico, 
Like, to get a chiropractic degree in the United States is somewhere around $100,000 for a three-and-a-half-year program. In Mexico, it's a five-year program, and it's only 800 American dollars because the government subsidizes the rest. They're investing into their future because they saw the financial rewards. So when you ask me that question, so what I see that it's going to take to get that deep tipping point is we're going to have to perhaps experience a little bit more pain before we actually get to get that lesson. You know, sometimes pain can be a great teacher, right? Right. Uh, because it can show us that, hey, what I'm doing is not working. Our statistics right now for chronic illnesses are skyrocketing. I just recently read the statistics on, on Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, come yeah. on. Can you imagine getting to be 55 and 65 and already being to the point that you have Alzheimer's or dementia and you can't even remember your loved ones, you know? I mean, that that's not a quality of life. And, right. and as we're living longer every year, you know, our right. mortality rate keeps increasing every year. We are beginning to recognize that, my goodness, my parents weren't as healthy, and I'm living longer than them. I don't yeah. want to end up waking up every day having to take 20 pills just to make it through the day. What else can I do? And I think that that's what's going to happen. We're going to have to reach a little bit more pain. We're going to have to recognize that we need to invest in proactive behavior rather than always being so reactive towards our health care. Just like in finance, you know. I mean, you can teach finance to somebody, but the best investors in the world, you know they're the long-term investors. They're the people that invest for the long haul. But if you're a short-term investor, it's like a roller coaster, you know, and it can be extremely stressful. And granted, some people are very good at doing that, but for the most part, I've always found, and I've interviewed a lot of amazing investors, mm. that long-term investing is always the best bet. So we need to do the same for ourselves and for the health of our nation. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back with Dr. Fab, we're going to talk about what are some things you can do today to begin to change your life. I'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking today with Dr. Fabrizio Mancini, the author of The Power of Self-Healing, Unlock Your Natural Healing Potential in 21 Days. Okay, Fabrizio, let's talk about what, if somebody walked away from this show today and said, that was really interesting, what would they be able to do that could begin to change their life? Well, the best way that I can probably answer that question is by giving you some very simple tips that you can implement right away in your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual uh, dimension of your life. So the first one I believe that most of the research right now is coming is that in order to prevent illness or heal illness, foods are very important. And the challenge with our foods, as you know, that if you right now, if you want to lose weight, All you have to do is primarily uh, begin to substitute the processed foods that you eat, anything that comes in a bag, anything that's been in the shelf for a long time, anything that's in a can, all of those are what we call processed foods. They're not the healthiest for you. And unfortunately, they are now linked to a lot of the illnesses that we're seeing, especially obesity and strokes and many others. So I want you to look. go, go yourself to the grocery store, and I want you to start spending a little bit more time on the fruit and vegetable section. The fruit and vegetable section is a section that is now offering a lot more organic options. If you can go organic, better. But I want you to start viewing food as a preventative measure for the illnesses that are facing us today. For instance, most people don't know that if you have a stroke history in your family, having an apple a day reduces the chances of you ever developing stroke. An apple. And, and apples are extremely healthy, or perhaps if you have um, something like blood pressure, high blood pressure, do you know that broccoli, just buying some broccoli, incorporating broccoli into your diet is one of the best things that can actually reduce blood pressure in a natural way. Or if you, like, uh, if you have heart disease in your family you know, or high cholesterol, you can introduce nuts into your salads, introduce nuts as a, like, I walk away, uh, I have for my snacks, I do like some nuts, just a handful of nuts, because it keeps me filled up until I have my next meal, but sometimes, you know, it keeps also my energy going. So I want you to start eating with a sense of prevention, rather just a, a sense of fulfillment, and that's one of the things that have made all the difference in the world on the physical plane. The second one is our bodies are made to move. 
You know, and I'm not saying you all have to get up there now and, and get a, a membership in a gym. I'm talking about just moving around. If you're in an office, move around. Every hour or so, move out of your position. If you're sitting, you stand. If you're standing, you sit. You know, walk around the office, just something like that. If you're parking your car, please park far away from the entrance as, as you can. It really helps. If you are an elevator or a stair option, please take the stairs. And you can actually do some, some great warm-ups on the stairs if you want to go a little faster or whatever, maybe even after work, but just, just to get your energy going. And uh, if you can spend some time in the gym, just make sure that you're, you're doing it uh, wisely and you get at least somebody to show you how to use the machines because we're seeing uh, too many injuries right now in gyms because our people are not doing the exercise correctly. Mm. So on a physical plane, those are two of the things that will make a big difference. The third one will be just to be open to complementary and alternative medicine. Understand that drugs and surgery are not the answer to many of the health conditions. So if you want a second opinion, reach out to a chiropractor, reach out to an acupuncturist, and just kind of understand what it is that they do because there's so much evidence showing that what they do is very effective, and you need to be aware of that. Uh, second, is the emotional self-healing. And in emotions, I've learned three emotions that actually are the most powerful emotions to heal. The first one is to live in gratitude. So every day right now, I want you to be more grateful for what you do have. See, most of us are always thinking about what we wish we had. When I get that car, I'll be able to date such a, such a girl. Or when I get uh, my promotion, I'll be able to wear, you know, more professional outfits. Or when I get that house, then I'll feel comfortable in inviting people over my house. Listen, it doesn't matter where you live. I lived in third world countries. Please appreciate what you have because you are so much more blessed than you think you are. And I want to make sure that you don't take that for granted. But when you live in gratitude, the scientific research says to us that your brain produces different chemicals. And it produces chemicals that make you happy. And most of us want to be happy, but it's because we're not being grateful for what we have. It's because we're always living into the future. The second one is forgiveness. Forgiveness, you know, you, most of us are still living in the resentments of what our parents, the way that our parents raised us. Maybe they didn't love us enough. Maybe they split up at a time that we really needed both mom and dad. Maybe they moved us out of our normal environment away from our friends, and we still resent them for it. Listen, as a parent, I can tell you that we do the best we can with what we have, and we need to be forgiven of ourselves and start there. The more forgiving of yourself that you are, it gives you the ability to forgive others. And I don't mean to say that you're going to let others get away with things that are wrong. I'm just saying don't let that negative stress of the lack of forgiveness, such as resentment, anger, build into your body because there's so much data that is showing that those emotions are linked with a lot of the cancers, the strokes, and the heart attacks that we're seeing in the world. So please exercise more forgiveness. And the last one is love. You know, I found one thing, Cheryl, that if you're not healthy right now or if you're not wealthy right now, it's because you don't have a lot of self-love for yourself. You need to self-love yourself to know that you're worthy of being healthy, that you're worthy of being wealthy. And most of us are seeking health and wellness in external factors rather than seeking it internally. And what I found is that when you exercise self-love, when you look at yourself in the mirror and all you can see is your perfections rather than your imperfections, when your self-talk is more positive than negative, when you tend to be more optimistic about your future because you believe in yourself, then you tend to have more self-love 
All of that creates chemistry in our bodies, oxytocin. It creates uh, wonderful chemistry that allows our bodies to be in a much better state for healing. And mm-hmm. the last one is spiritual healing. And you asked me a question initially about spirituality, and to me the foundation of spirituality is our belief systems. And right now you could be an individual that believes that you were meant to be sick, or you could be an individual that believes that you're meant to be healthy. You can live, be an individual that believes that you can live to be 120, or, you can, or you're going to die at 60. Whatever your belief system is so critical. So to me, spirituality is always having a checklist of what my beliefs are. And most of us find that our beliefs are not really ours. They're somebody else's. They're either our spouses, they're our parents, they're our teachers, they're the society's influences. And we need to really understand that our belief systems is the foundation for the life that we'll be creating because those belief systems are critical. So the data shows that if you believe in something greater than yourself, if you go to church, you tend to heal 50% as fast. We've done so much research about if you meditate, you can lower your blood pressure and prevent heart disease. I mean, all of these things that are accessible to us that we're not taking right. advantage of, and, and we need to do that. But in, other than belief system, I believe that you need to find your purpose in life. You know, you need to really understand why you're here and what is your purpose, and understand that that purpose has got to be aligned with something bigger than yourself. And when you do that, you start appreciating the blessings in your life rather than always focusing on the challenges. And when we recognize that we're doing that, then we start finding alignment with other people, society, friends, because we realize we're all in this together. And all of us can be each other's best support system if we allow it. But there's a lot of people out there, Cheryl, that are feeling very alone. And they yeah. feel like the whole world is, is crumbling and they have no one to go to. I mean, you know I'm a big hugger. And the number one response that I get from people, you know, this is the first hug that I've gotten in two years, in five years, Aww. you know. And it's so yeah. fortunate because we as a society are losing the most amazing thing, and that is each other. Right. The, the recognition that we are not human beings living a spiritual experience, but we're actually spiritual beings living yeah. a human experience. Yeah. And as we yeah. see ourselves as spiritual beings, we see ourselves as more perfect than none, and that allows us to heal better than anything else. Wow, that was really amazing. There are so many things that people could walk away from this conversation and just put into place right away. And it doesn't even have to be every one of them right now. Just pick one or two and try it out and see what it feels like. This has been really amazing, Dr. Fab. We have loved having you here. We're at the end of our show. I know people will want to know more. How can they learn more and find you? Well, one of the things that I believe is in giving gifts. You know, I'm a, I'm a big giver. Yeah. And what you can do is that if you go to my website, which is drfabmancini.com, D-R-F-A-B-M-A-N-C-I-N-I.com, you will go there, and if you put your name and your email address, I'm going to send you the latest and the greatest tips on how to self-heal with the latest evidence over the last 25 years that I compiled to write this book in a lecture that I did for Hay House. It's just a wonderful presentation. You walk, well, you walk out of there with so much takeaways, and these are things that you can implement with your family and your loved ones. And then I send a letter, a newsletter, an e-newsletter every two weeks that has uh, amazing information of what you can do right now 
to in, continue to improve this holistic wellness lifestyle that you want to create for yourself so you can have the quality of life, so you can be happier, so you can be more productive, mm-hmm. so you can be more at peace, uh, and also so you can have the energy that it takes to really enjoy life to the fullest, you know, because that's been one of the issues. So come and visit me and just be part of the community and come listen to the radio show at hayhouseradio.com every Thursday. Um, and I just love for me to be able to help in any way that I can share this information that has helped so many people out there. Well, Fabrizio, you are a man who is living his purpose so clearly and a giver you are. Thank you so much for being with us today on Leading Conversations. Remember, everyone, think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.